Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Make sure you're following us on social media as we provide you with daily sports content. And if you're listening on a streaming platform, make sure you click that subscribe button. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. This week, we got a big show for you guys. We start off with our Heat and our weekly check-in, see how they're handling that West Coast trip. We also jump into the world of UFC, where there was a championship belt on the line. We check in with Chelsea as they continue their climb up the table into the top four. And we finish off with some golf as we get a nice scenery at Pebble Beach with an unexpected winner. Let's go. Yo, Jay. Yo, what's up, boy? What they do? Good, man. I'm good. How about you? Bro, struggling, man. These heat losses got me down, bro. But on some other shit, our homie, big dog, Jason Sanders, finally got paid. I'm happy for him, bro. Yeah, man. You know, we got to shout him out. That's been our player. Hey, man, he was the highest scoring Dolphin this past season, man. Rightfully so. He finally got some some money coming towards his way. Five years, 22 mil. My dog got paid, bro. Not too shabby. He got paid, and he deserved it. You know why? Because he was a consistent-ass kicker. Um, He really fought for his spot, and... Let's be honest, bro. Like you said, he was probably the best special team players that we had. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to him, man. We definitely – That's a, I'm, I'm glad we're starting out the show that way. But, I mean, there's some more relative Dolphins news that has been circulating, you know, mm. this this week recently. I don't know if you saw it, but – Nah, I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. All right, so basically there's a picture that came out of Deshaun Watson hanging out with uh, um, Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis. Okay. Last Power Thursday Ranger. down here. Yeah, they were out here hanging out. I mean, they played together at Clemson, but they were hanging out last week. Deshaun down in Miami, so it just sparked the rumors back up. Yeah, that that rumor mill is freaking working overtime right now, bro. And if you think about it, he has to do whatever he has to do in order to drive up his price, right? And and really make his demands felt where he can decide whether or not, you know, I'm going to stay with Houston or this is where I want to go and just pick a spot where he can be like, fuck it, this is where I'm going this is where I want to be at. Trade me here. And to be honest, why not use the Miami Dolphins, who are in a prime position, right? We have a young quarterback, number three pick, number 18 pick. A lot of assets that we can possibly move for a player of his caliber, right? That's only going to drive the price up no, for those smart. other teams. So, But my, my concern with that is, I mean, we've talked about how Tua's our guy, you know, and then it's like, it's like that, you know, it's like we're trying to stay loyal, but, you know, you got that. That girl that just keeps coming around and keeps, you know, flirting with you. And you're like, get away from me. But she's really, really good at football. And it could possibly bring you a championship. So do we got to entertain it? Even though it might cost us more than the Lions, it cost the Lions to, you know, trade Stafford. I'm sorry, the Rams to trade away for Stafford and whatnot. Here's what it comes down to, bro. And we can always decide, like, what's it really going to cost? Because that's the ultimate factor. If you can improve at any position, you do it, especially in football. Right. Especially when there's a top five caliber in a position as hard as quarterback. You do that. But at what cost? Right. There's always there is such a thing as too much. I gave up too much. You know, that exists. So it really depends on how much we're giving up in order to get back a player of his caliber and whether it's worth it, you know. If it's yeah. worth it, then yeah, I'm, I, I can't see us not pulling the trigger, especially if the price is low. If the price is low, why wouldn't the Dolphins pull that trigger? Hell, right. why wouldn't no, any exactly. any team pull the trigger? The Jets, you know? They would pull the trigger, too, if the price is right. But the price has to be right in order to make that move. And I don't know if, if we know what the real price is just yet. 
we're getting closer to the draft, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I'm very curious to see, you know, what what goes on in this uh, Deshaun Watson saga, and we'll keep you guys updated. I Two guess. is still the starting quarterback. That's my quarterback. He's right the quarterback there. right now. So just want to say that loud and clear. No doubt. But we can talk about the Heat. They're on a two-game losing streak. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, that shit is killing me right now because we Big time. we played really well. We had that four-game win streak where we were. It looked like we woke up and we we're realizing, hey, we got the squad back. Let's learn how to play together. Let's get everybody back into rhythm. You gained a couple of pounds from eating all that pizza, right? <laughs> you know, shout out to Papa John. <laughs> In any case, the more important thing is was the winning, right? Right. And especially going into a road trip on the West Coast where we know we're going to face really tough opponents, you, you know, and we, we wanted we to start keep that off, momentum going. Right. We want to st- keep it going, especially after getting that win. We end up playing Utah, the best team in the NBA, in the, in the second game of the road trip, and we flat out lose to them. Yeah. Um, and they showed why they're the best team in the NBA, too. They beat us 112 to 94. Uh, the Heat started off pretty good. We took the lead after the first quarter, and then it was a wrap <laughs> pretty much after that because Utah just dominated every single quarter after that. Yeah, we never really had a chance to get back in there. Like you said, Utah is dominating right now. They have the best uh, record right now in the league. They're 22-5. Yep. and five. It was, you know, it was going to be a, we knew it was going to be a dog fight to, in the first place, but, you know, our, our dogs didn't even have any fight that game. It was just, it was their game from beginning to end. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny that it, uh, Charles Barkley, you know, this is what got that team motivated. You know, they're, <laughs> they're like 18 and one, 19 and one since Charles Barkley, you know, was talking shit to Donovan Mitchell after right. one of their games. Was it him or was it Shaq? No, it was, it was Charles. Oh, okay. I thought it was Shaq, the one that was talking smack to Donovan Mitchell. Told him that he w- he didn't have what it takes to go to the next level or something Man, you like know that. Charles is a hater. They both are. They both be doing that, so. Charles is the number yeah, one I hater. Guess. You know? I guess. But back to the Heat, you know, you said it. We didn't play our best. The only bright spot of that game, besides Max Strauss, right, hitting some shots for us yeah. while he played, was Kendrick Nunn. He's back. You know? It, it was a little bit it's of a looking debate. like it. Well, it was a little bit of a debate to see how back he is, right? but he is back to being more confident, to being more aggressive, to really believing in his abilities while he's on the floor and making plays. Because there was a while there, a long stretch, where he wasn't playing well at all. And he didn't look anything close to the player that we saw last season yeah. where we saw his, his potential really blow up. He was in the running for Rookie of the Year and stuff. Right. Right, and even in it, before like the All Star break, he, this kid was really balling, and people were talking about him like really being the next type of player. Yeah, he was looking like a young D Wade. He was extremely productive, uh, yeah, and man. you know he was making big plays for us, and that kind of tapered off. I mean, we've talked about it a couple times. Yeah, he 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 played well that game. He had he was eight of fifteen from the field, uh, four of nine from three point land. You know, ended up with twenty three points, which had to make up for everybody else. Bam played well, had another double double, but he only had fourteen points. Can't ask too much of him. I mean, when you're putting up a double double, he's he's our most consistent player at this point. There's we can't ask for more from Bam. He needs more help. He's earning every single dollar that we gave him in that extension because he is literally the heart and soul of this team and is showing what Miami Heat basketball is really all about. He's doing it on both sides of the floor, being the key that we the key cog defensively that we need while providing on offense and still being able to do things all game long and really in the fourth quarter when we need him the most. Bam played really well that game. Jimmy did not, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know if it's because he's still finding his rhythm, right, from missing all those games, but he just looked 
off, man. You know, it was 3 of 10, shot really poor. A lot of his points came from the free throw line, and even still, he missed four free throws. He only ended up, ended up with 15 points. It was disappointing. It was yeah. disappointing to see him playing that bad because we knew that in order for us to even have a chance, right, we needed him to play well. And it was so simple. In the third quarter, we came out flat. We only scored 13 points in that quarter, 15 points in that quarter. Guess what? Utah Jazz came out and dropped 31. I don't know a lot, I don't know a lot of teams that win basketball games by when they shoot 15 points in a quarter. No, and giving up the type of shots that we give up because yeah. we saw that as the Heat tried to bounce back in their next game against the Clippers, which we ended up losing on Monday, 125 to 118. Another late game. I mean, I, I, I didn't West catch. West Coast games, bro. I didn't catch it, man. I, I saw the highlights of the recap, but it, those those late games are tough, man. They're I'm tough. just going to let you guys know. I don't know who else struggles with those late games like me, but I can't stay up till midnight, 1 o'clock, watching, watching the Heat. I love you guys, but if I stay up that late and you guys lose and I don't get pizza the next day, I'm going to be. Pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. I didn't stay up until 12-something last night, you know, to see us take a loss to a shorthanded Clippers team. Right, exactly. We needed that. Like, we thought we could have actually at least hung with them, right? But we had we, we had chances in that game at the end, from what I saw, and we just didn't capitalize on that. But they killed us with the three-pointer. Absolutely killed us with the three-pointers. And what was really sad about that game is that it became a three-point shootout, and us being the better three-point shooting team did not show up. We're supposed to be, right? They they had two players that aren't really key players in Marcus Morris, right? You don't think of him as being the key guy shooting from three, and another guy named Coffee, where Ooh, Amir Coffee Co Cream. He's an upcoming player, <laughs> but not not somebody that you expect to go out there and drop three pointers yeah, on us left and right. I have no idea who that guy is. When I, I saw the, his name, I'm like, who is this? No, and and again, a backup player. Did they just sign this guy to a ten day? Role players doing their part. When they have stars missing, right? Because no Kawhi, you think, damn, at least with Paul George, they're still formidable. But no Paul George, no Kawhi, no Patrick Beverly. They only dress nine players, and that ninth player only played like four minutes. So it's really like they played with eight. We should have taken advantage of that. And we played well enough to do it. Bam, 12 or 15 from the field, 3 or 5 from free throw, 12 rebounds, another double-double, back-to-back games, including three offensive rebounds. So that just shows you how much the man was working last he's, night. He's the MVP for sure this year. Dude has seven assists with, <laughs> you know, with 27 points. What more do you want no, from a young he's, guy? He's doing it all. Doing it all. Butler, another great game, 10 of 19 from the field. Missed both of his three-pointers, so you can tell he was starting to... And those and one of them came at the end in the fourth quarter where, where he you could tell that he was tired because he was slowly fading away in the game. He didn't have explosiveness. He didn't really attack. He was looking to pass, and he ended up with a triple-double. He had 12, 10 rebounds, 10 assists with 30 points, 10 of 10 from the free-throw line, kind of like a Dwayne Wade stat with all those numbers and, and then making 10 free-throws. But... He didn't play well enough down the stretch, and that really cost us winning that game because we were close. We were down to, like, in with with five minutes left, we were we like had a chance. within we had a three, shot. four points, and we were trading baskets back and forth. And not to mention that, that blunder by Tyler Hero shooting that free throw <sighs> as a practice shot, and then all of a sudden they're like, no, that counts as one of your free throws, dude. I mean, that, that could have been an extra point right there. Who knows what that one point does for the momentum of the game. No, absolutely. And for me – Spoke played him 41 minutes. In those 41 minutes, he was 11 of 20, 4 of 10 from 3. 1 of 3 from 3-pointer. From free throw, I'm sorry. What is that? You play 41 minutes, I expect you to have at least 
eight free throw attempts because that just shows me that you're being aggressive. You're putting your body and out you're there. Putting you're putting out there and you're attacking. To the basket. I don't need you just doing some dribble drive bullshit at the top of the key and pulling up with a three. That's not going to help us win. You know, you're you're not as hot right now to just pull that move off, especially when you have guys next to you like a Bam and Jimmy really going off. You need to try to supply, either supply that up, or step it up and say, fuck it, I'm going to the hoop and I'm going to get my free throw game up because everybody else is hitting free throws. Yep. And not just rely on the three ball. It's going to make us lose more games than not because the days that you're off, you're going to be way off. You know, and you're going to be way off for two games, three games, and, and it's going to really be hard to turn it back on and keep it going on and have that momentum into the rest of the season or at least into the all-star break. Right. Well, I mean, here we are now. Uh, we're 11 and 16. We're 10th in the East, under 500. Tied for ninth with Atlanta uh, okay. and Chicago. Okay. I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. and uh, Yeah, I guess you're right. We are, uh, I guess, a half a game behind uh, the Bulls. So... It, 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 my point to you is what we got three games coming up, three more road games, West Coast. You know, what do we got? What are we looking forward to? Well, first thing we're looking forward to is playing teams that shoot the three ball well. I mentioned that because we got the the Golden State Warriors coming up. After that, we got Sacramento. And then after that, we got a big matchup against the Lakers. Albeit yeah. without Anthony Davis, but they still have a guy named LeBron. Who? I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Uh, I don't know that guy. Pretty good. I hate that guy. Uh, yeah, whatever, but he's I pretty good. Him. But guy. we're facing teams that shoot the three ball well, and the Heat don't defend the three ball well. Right now, we're t- ranked 29th in three-point defense. How many teams are there in the league? There's 30. So we're second to last. Absolutely. That's great. That's Where great. we're averaging teams making 15 three-pointers a game on us. That's our average right now. That's not acceptable. Not defensively for the Miami Heat, and not for any type of team that can say, you know what, we're hoping to make the playoffs this year. That's... That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. You know, it's not going to get us where we need to be. And it's not going to be the thing that turns it around. Hopefully, Kendrick Nunn playing well is the spark that we need. Hopefully, Bam continues to play well and doesn't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt, we're shit out of luck, right? And Jimmy finds some type of consistency in his game in order to continue to play better in the fourth quarter when it really matters. You know, need him, him making free throws, getting to the line, making tough jump shots, and just ultimately being the closer that we need in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you, man. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing right now is Jimmy. You know, we got him back healthy. We need him to, to, to produce now. That's what he does for us. He leads our team, you know, and if he's not putting up the most points, we need him to have the most rebounds or we need him to have, more importantly, the most assists because that's what he does better than anybody else. I think, you know, maybe aside from Dragic, you know, but, you know, he's been kind of tapering off too recently. Uh, Jimmy's our setup guy. You know, he's the guy that's going to help Bam, you know, m- instead of being a 10, 15-point double-double, it could be a 20, 30-point double-double. And that's that that separates us now then from these bottom-tier guys that we're now grouped in with that I don't believe we belong with. Absolutely I think we, not. We're, we're not doing ourselves any justice right now. And Absolutely hopefully, not. you know, we start off with a good win tonight against uh, Steph Curry and Golden State. We can beat them. Um, and we got a tough back-to-back, so we're playing tonight and we're playing tomorrow. Against uh, Sacramento. Sacramento. Sacramento, though, is, is 12 and 15. Beat uh, winnable games. Both of these are. You got Warriors 15 and 13, and you got Sacramento 12 and 15. 
I won't be watching them. They're late games, 10 o'clock again, but I'll definitely catch the recap. And uh, we'll be definitely recapping it for you guys next time we're here together uh, in case you don't catch them. So. Absolutely. Don't don't be surprised if we beat the, the Warriors either. Yeah, I know they're 3-1 and one in their last four games, but before that, they had lost three out of their last five games. So they're a beatable team. Even Absolutely. right now with Steph Curry playing well, they're still a beatable team. Well, I mean, can do it. that's pretty much all they got. I, will, I won't say no, that. No, I won't they say have, that. They still have they Draymond. Still have Draymond. And they got, you know, I like that Wiseman kid. He's yeah, been playing really they good. They got some players. They're not as but without without Clay, they're they're not the same going to the same. They're not the same. Um but something that did stay the same was Kamara Usman staying the What champ. I tell you. No, no doubt, bro. What I tell you. And look, I want to say something. It. Finally my luck's turning around because I was doing terrible with bets. And lately, you know, I did all right with the Super Bowl bets, you know, and then I started to turn things around. I picked the Bucks, you're, and I think that, that changed my luck. You're starting to balance out because your picks were dog shit oh, for, like, the first four or five episodes, bro. That so, week. I'll, take, I'll take Usman, man. He, he got it done against Burns, your boy. I have to say this. I didn't give him the, the respect that he deserves because I just don't like him, right, personally. I think he's a, a bullshit type of character. I don't really believe him and his issues and what like. But that's another topic, right? As a fighter, and as, and more importantly, as a champion, I give that guy all of my respect because he earned that fucking title defense uh, this past weekend. He really took on the best challenger in that division at the moment and made him look bad and manhandled that dude because Gilbert Burns ain't no joke. We know that. But he literally manhandled him and beat up a Gilbert Burns, who was looking to stand up and strike. Well, we all know Usman as a wrestler. So Usman not only stayed away from the wrestling and said, hey, listen, I can do this too and throw some hands and land some bombs, and he showed it. Knocked him out in the third round. It was an impressive, impressive performance, and from here on out, these guys gave him my respect. I'm not picking them all the times. No, no, no. That's I, I I completely agree with everything you just said, man. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, I called it. I, I, I said I was I was going with Usman in this particular fight. You know, it's not that I'm an Usman guy, but I respect the guy as a fighter, as a champion. He He's, you know, he deserved, you know, um, he, to have the title right now because obviously he is the champ and he's the best in that division. But, um, you know, if, if we're talking who I would like to see him fight next after this Gilbert Burns fight, there was already a little bit of commotion going on between him and, Jorge Masvidal. But we've who, seen this before. Well, we, we saw, I mean, you got to compare this. So, you know, Burns had a whole fight camp, an entire fight camp to train and prepare for this fight against Usman. And he only lasted three rounds. And Masvidal on what, like less than two weeks notice, took a fight with Usman and, and pretty much survived until the end. I mean, he took a beating, you know, but he survived it. He was still standing at the end of it uh, and, and he didn't get knocked out or anything like that. So oh, we have to say this, especially for that fight in particular. Because Usman didn't fight George standing up where he knew he was at a disadvantage. That's not what he did. He used a lot of body, a lot of body control on George, right? Wrestled him, held him down, brought him down. Everything that George wasn't accustomed to or knew that he was weak at without a training camp. So maybe we didn't get the full experience of Usman versus Masvidal. We didn't. Right? Because of that factor. Now... Do I think that Usman is brave enough to stand up against Masvidal again? Maybe he feels a little bit more confident after beating up somebody like Gilbert Burns. Yeah, well, I think that's exactly what he got out of this fight. You know, he switched it up. Everybody was like, no, he's a wrestler. That's what he's, you know, he's known for. Burns is going to come and, you know, smash him. And, and, I mean, he did drop him. He got dropped. Usman did get dropped once. 
but that he's a true champion. He came back, he bounced back, and he ended up whooping that boy. I mean, he put hands on that man, you know, where his mama's scared right now, like he for his health, because he just pummeled him on the ground. And uh, he switched it up. You know, like I said, he's not he's he didn't wrestle him. He didn't take him down on the ground. He did take him to the ground, but he was standing up beating him. So it's going to make it interesting. I mean, I think he'll still be the favorite going in. Obviously, as a champion, you got to be taken, you know, to have that title taken away from you. So if he if Masvidal does get that fight, he's going in the underdog. I love the underdog. I like Masvidal. I got to rep the hometown homie. No, we're going three or five. I really, really hope that fight happens soon, sooner rather than later. Um, and I think, you know, in order for, for, for George to, you know, get the job done, it's going to have to be something crazy like, you know, Ben, uh, you know, that, that Ben Askren fight type of crazy where he comes in with something that he's been preparing for that's just out of the ordinary that Usman is not ready for. I just think that he'll work on his takedown defense, right? And not allow Usman to grab him as much where he can keep distance and space from him and really like... You know, hit him with some blows and put some put a test his jaw to the test and really be like, all right, let me see if you can hold these punches. You know, but it's really interesting. I really think the fight's gonna be made because a Usman's not really a talker like that. The fact that he said, "Oh, George, you know, you're talking a lot of shit. You gotta come and see me inside the ring." Kind of like you know, calling somebody out that had already called you out two fights ago. You know, you're kind of late on that, but I get it. It would be an interesting fight and people would want to see it. Uh, it would be a huge fight, but I don't think it would be huge, bigger than the next big UFC event, oh, which is yeah. UFC, UFC 259. Right? baby, 259 coming up March 6th. That's going to be the next big one that we, we talk about and we review. We got amazing, amazing card that night. Three championship fights that night, guys. Three championship fights. It's going to be out of control. Another thing out of control. My Chelsea Blues, baby. Ooh, yo, Tucho? Tucho time? Let's go. Right? Hashtag. I'm going right? to hashtag it every time that I post about Chelsea now. It's Tucho time. Because Dude, it's funny. When he first came on, obviously, I don't, I, I, you're still teaching me about this stuff and all that. But I, I remember saying, maybe this is the spark that they need. Yeah, man. And here they are on a five-game win streak. Yeah, man. And it's looking like it's Tucho time. No, and more importantly, it was the spark. That we needed because we were able to drastically improve our position in the league, right? We jumped up all the way up to fourth now after our latest result against That's Newcastle. That's awesome, dude. It was a huge turnaround. What was the result for the Newcastle game again? We ended up beating them two zip, which was very nice. big because two things happened in that game. Um, our normal striker, Tammy Abraham, he got hurt early. 13th minute, we bring in Giroud, who's a consummate pro, French nationalist, you know, um, He's ultimate, ultimate sub guy, right? He gets in the game 15 minutes later, 28th minute, we score a goal with an assist from Werner, who had been struggling kind of, but really got into a good momentum from Werner driving and really putting that pressure on Newcastle, getting it to Giroud and Giroud finished it right in front of the net. The second goal was even more impressive by Werner because he had been on a huge, huge goal drought over a thousand minutes of real game play without a goal. That's crazy. Nuts for one of the world's best young strikers who regularly scores 40, 50 goals a season. And for him to have a drought that long in the EPL is, is kind of baffling, you know, because he has the talent. And he gets what's known as a poacher's goal. Uh, people thought he was offside for a second. They had to check it with VAR. Um, ultimately, he gets the final touch off a corner that comes off a defender and puts it in the back of the net. And you can just tell his relief. Right. Once the VAR check was done and the goal was allowed, like he's looking at the manager like, yeah, I finally fucking got one. You know, and he <laughs> you was, got the monkey off his back. Yeah. And 
for for everything that's happening to these guys on the pitch, right? Odoi playing well, Kovacic and Jorginho finding their their level of play again. Even Rudiger um, getting a little bit better. Christensen playing well in in uh, Silva's absence. We see that Thomas Tuchel is really not opposed to tinkering. You know, he continues to tinker with the lineup. He continues to tinker with the formation. Formation. This game, he starts a surprising uh, Kepa in goal which was he was in the doghouse forever. He gets two back-to-back starts because he started the FA Cup draw, a win against Barnsley 1-0 where Tammy got a goal. Kepa starts in the game against Newcastle. You have Cesar Silapuerta on the left, Andres Grinchison in the middle, Tony Rudiger on the right as the back three. So he's consistent with that back three and playing those same midf- midfielders over and over again. You know, he's playing Alonso, he's playing Jorginho, he's playing Kovacic, he's playing Odoi on the outside. Really not changing too much because it's working out for him and then up front Werner Tammy Mount again the players up front that have been producing the most all season uh sad to see that Tammy got that injury hopefully he bounces back pretty quick as we get our next game on Saturday against Southampton now I got a question for you because you're mentioning a lot of players there and I can't help but notice there's one player that you really didn't mention or talk about the American Christian Pulisic Christian Pulisic and it's crazy because Chelsea Chatter is really worried about his playing, right? He's suffered a lot of injuries since we've got him. He hasn't been able to continue a good form. When he's on, he's really on, and he's been playing well, but then he'll get an injury and then kind of has to work back up to that level. But I read two articles today that shows that Tuchel has really big plans for him. I'm pretty sure he's going to start that next game I mentioned against Southampton. But he's definitely a guy that I'm sure the upper management people are saying, like, hey, you got to find a way to put this guy in the lineup because we invested a lot of him and we really want to see our return. Exactly. That's and he's I'm really good. You know, if he, if he can stay healthy, man, he's, he's one of the nastiest wingers that the EPL has. He just hasn't been able to score as many goals in front of the net this year as we were accustomed to him doing last year, uh, last season. But hopefully he finds his form and gets a good f- uh, run of games where he can kind of like get that rhythm back and, and really just bounce back, you know. I hope so, man. I like the guy. I'm rooting for him. But like you said, uh, Chelsea's next game is this Saturday, 730 uh, against Southampton. Yep. It, what do you it's got? It's one of my favorite games because it's the early game. I get to wake up really early, enjoy some quiet breakfast, and watch some, my Chelsea Blues bright, kick ass. Bright and early. Bright and early. And get get on with the rest of my day after that. I got us winning 3-1. to one, And I think Werner continues his form of scoring. And I got Pulisic starting and providing an assist if he doesn't score. So that's what I got, 3-1. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to trust your instinct. I'm going to go 3-1 let's with go, you. Let's go, bro. I like it. Let's keep, the, let's keep it rolling. Let's go, Chelsea. Let's go, Chelsea, man. Keep the blue flag flying high, boys. That's right. Speaking about flags, we saw some interesting win situations at Pebble Beach this, this past weekend. Uh, the flag was waving all over on the pin. Uh, you could tell a lot of guys were struggling on that 18th hole, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to even keep it fair, dude. And the man, the myth, the legend, Daniel Berger actually nails off. Be straight vibing. That's his. Uh, that's his Instagram handle. And he was straight vibing at Pebble Beach this past week. I bet that dude him. was vibing when he hit that <laughs> eagle putt. I mean, like you said, so if you don't know much about golf, you don't know about Pebble Beach um, out in California. It's it's right. It was a golf course. It's an old golf course built right into the Monterey Peninsula, so it's right on the cliffs. 
Uh, so you have the Pacific Ocean right there. Beautiful and the 18th course. hole, you have the Pacific Ocean basically all alongside the left side of the 18th hole. And for some reason, the architect decided to put a giant tree right in the middle of the fairway too. So you have to hit like this perfect tee shot. You can't go too left. You can't go too right. And you honestly can't go too straight because you might hit the tree. So you had to hit the perfect shot. Once you're there, then you have an even tougher second shot onto the green, Correct. which, as you're alluding to, Daniel Berger, you know, put his uh, his fairway wood onto the green for a chance at eagle, a 40-plus foot eagle putt. Bro. And then drains it. Drained finishes it. Finishes at 18 under to win the tournament. With people there and him knowing, like, okay, if I get a birdie, I'm going to put myself in a really good position to win this tournament. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm really giving myself a chance. Maybe I could two-putt this hole and, and walk away a winner. The guy lines it up and says, nah, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going for the win. Nails it. Eagle putt. Crowd loses his mind. It was a walk-off victory, basically. Walk-off victory in golf, which is rare that you see that walk-off shot, but yeah. my man hit it. But we love it, you know, and it's an exciting time to be a golf fan right now. I mean, that Daniel Berger is not a household name by no. any means. He's not your Rory McIlroy. He's not your, you know, your Brooks Kepka, your Jordan Spieth, who was, you know. In the uh, league. That, I mean, we can have a whole podcast talking about Jordan Spieth and, and, and you know, what's going on with him. He's coming off two back-to-back weeks where he's been in contention for the lead and, and hasn't necessarily been able to close out on Sunday. I'm still rooting for you, Jordan. You'll get it figured out, man. You're going to get another win pretty soon here the way you're playing. But it was it was Daniel Berger's day, and, you know, it's been a big two weeks for, for Florida State Seminoles. Uh, Daniel Berger, Flo- former Florida State Seminole, and Brooks Kepka, former Florida State Seminole. I mean, that, that they're, they're on fire right now. I know that you don't like me bringing up the Noles. No, I don't like I talking do about the Noles or shouting them out. I'm glad you felt that energy cool. coming from you. I, I, yeah, it, it definitely. It was just pouring over here. But, I mean, it's a really exciting time to be a golf fan right now. These past two weeks, these guys have gone out, and they're not the, you know, the leader going into Sunday, but they've been able to come from behind and play clutch. Last week, it was Brooks Kepko with the yeah, chip and eagle. With the chip and eagle. That won him the tournament ultimately. And now this week, you have Another Dan eagle with the eagle on 18. So it's a really exciting time to watch golf, even if you're not a golf fan. We have the Genesis Open Invitational coming up this week out in California. And a lot of great players out in that field, too. No doubt, bro. And, and we spoke about it earlier, too, you know, where, where if you're looking at these golf tournaments, right, yeah, you may not know all the names, but when you look at the names that you you do recognize, you're like, damn, I've heard of this guy. He's a top 10 right now. Oh, I've heard of this guy. He's top 10 right now. And every week going into that final round, it's a different set of three to four guys who are really challenging at the, at the top spot, not only to win the tournament, but put up course records, too. You know, where people are really playing their best golf right now. And I I don't think I've seen golf as competitive as this, as the early Tiger days, right? Where you still had uh, Mickelson playing really well. You had Vijay Singh playing well. All these big names, guys, still kicking ass and and really challenging Tiger winning tournaments. That's the level that I feel like the golf is at right now. Without the Tiger Woods, where it's just that one dominant pillar, but the whole field themselves of those top 10 golfers are really elite golfers. And it's like no fluff, no room forever. You slip up, have two bad tournaments, you're out. I think you said it, elite. I mean, these guys are elite, man. Elite, man. The way that they, you know, it's anybody's game on Sunday. You know, if you're just within a couple strokes, anything can happen. That guy can have a bad round and choke, you know, like kind of like this guy, Nate Lashley, who was also in the running for this week for the win. You know, not a lot of people know about him. But, you know, he and ended he up having a, a meltdown. he had a round, too, bro. And he, but he had a meltdown on, on I think, on the, on the 16th hole where he had a four-putt, and he, he, he was out of, the, out of the tournament with the triple bogey right there. He looked like me. 
trying to <laughs> but that, trying to lay, <laughs> lay down a, a, a regular part put and turn it into a triple quadruple bogey. Hey man, don't be so hard on yourself. I saw you were on for birdie this weekend, and yeah. at least you walked away with the par. Getting so, on the green, bro. You know, Not as so regularly, but getting on the green. But I mean that that's the, to your point, man. That's what separates the you know the good the great players on tour from the elite players on Absolutely, tour. Absolutely, man. And like you mentioned, you know the top ten. I mean, right now, uh, top 10 players in the world. They, I don't know if you're interested in knowing this, but for our listeners, Dustin Johnson is number one leading the Hold way. Hold on. Household name. Keep going. Household name. We, we know about Dustin Johnson. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, second, you have John Rahm, the Spaniard, the hothead. Okay. He's young. He's won a couple times. He, you know, he has a, a short backswing. He's a very interesting Who's golfer. Who's three, four, five right now? You got Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, and a guy a lot of, you know, more people might not know in Terrell Hatton. Um, after that, you got Morikawa, Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy. Everybody knows knows McIlroy. Morikawa's a, a big name coming up, too. Yeah, he's a young guy. He's Huge got, he name coming victories. up. He has a major already under his belt, so he's, he's a big one. Yes, sir. Uh, Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, and Bryson DeChambeau. And then right after that, you got Brooks Kepka. Um, the majority of these names that I just rattled off that are in the top 10 or around the top 10 are going to be playing in this week's Genesis Invitational. So... I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. I know you've been playing a lot more golf, yes, so hopefully you're watching a little bit more golf. Nah, I'm on it, that it golf helps channel, out with your bro. golf swing. I'm on it. I'm on it 24-7. So, now. you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And if you guys like it, I mean, you know, we try to keep it to a minimum on the golf end. But if you guys like it, let us know. We'll talk a little bit more about it and keep you guys updated. Keep your clubs handy. That's all I'm going to say. Because if you catch me in the streets and you're like, oh, I heard you talking about golf, I'll be like, yeah, I'm pretty sucky at it. But... <laughs> I can challenge oh, I you right now. So basically, the way it goes down is like, oh, you golf? Oh, dude, I love golf. I Are love you any golf. good? No, I'm terrible. No, I suck, I'm dude. I'm terrible, but I love to golf. I love to golf. It's awesome. Yeah, man, there's nothing like it. No, it really is. So we got to link up soon. We got to actually get you around know it. know my brother. So. As usual, Jay, that's the Always. episode. Always I appreciate time, you doing, doing this with me, man. No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Everybody who tuned in. Thank you for listening. Make sure you guys are clicking that subscribe and download button on whatever streaming platform you're using to listen to us. We appreciate you guys. Drop a review, share some feedback, let us know what's going on. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're giving you a lot more sports content on the daily to keep you up with your favorite sports teams in Miami. Lastly, I got a little hint for you guys. The most important part. Got a little hint. If you've listened this long, then you deserve this little hint because I'm pretty sure you've told a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. And tell another friend. Another friend about us and our upcoming giveaway that we got planned for our 25th show. Booyah! Big news. Big news. 25th episode is going to be major. We're going to drop more details and more little hints as we get closer to that. But just want to let you guys know that we appreciate you guys listening and following us. So we're going to pay it back to you guys and hopefully you pay it forward. As usual, everybody, stay safe. Peace. Peace.